Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Wayward Dragons, or welcome for the first yes, time. welcome. welcome. Uh, we are just two goofy, weird nerds that love all things of the occult and magic and spooky spooky and all that other fun shit. All the things. Uh, I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. And I have a co-host. Yeah. Yeah, today you do. <laughs> today I do? Are you not here no. sometimes? <laughs> not before, no. no, especially uh, with life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Kelsey. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to episode 27. So, yeah. Um, so that's coming up on the spooky month yeah. and the spooky season. We decided to kind of kick it off a little bit early, which, you know, it'll fall. The episode will launch a few days before spooky season mm-hmm. officially starts. But for some of us, it's been going on for a few weeks A few now. weeks? Um, Are you kidding me? It's a lifestyle. This is my life all year <laughs> round. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, yeah, listen, I've been working way too much. So, yeah. I'm going on over two months with working six days a week at my normal person job. So yeah. give me a break oh, yeah. here. My brain is perpetually in a fog as I do this on my day <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey, how you been? You got all sorts yeah, of fun stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. Union goes back to negotiating table for my first job on Tuesday. So we'll see what comes of that. So, yeah. I've seen a few articles about that. I think most of them are ones that you've shared, yeah. but yeah, it's it's yeah. an eye-opening experience. People don't understand, like especially through this pandemic, the last two years that they've made millions, if not billions, of dollars, and you can't pay me a little bit more. Like screw you. Yeah, well, that's because the. Yeah, we, we <laughs> I was like, that. we'll kind of skip all that. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I could go on a whole rant here, but we won't. Yeah, no. How have you been? Besides working all the time, our love hate relationship with capitalism. Yes, for real, for real. How have you been? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> was by the end of the day yesterday. I'm so we've had people not showing up. And so I've had to like fill in and bounce around and do all sorts of crazy things. Uh, But so by the end of the day yesterday, I was so freaking brain dead that I was having issues putting product into bags and sealing them. Did finally someone like send you home? Yeah. Oh, no, no. This was like probably 30 minutes before the end of the day. So I was just like, like I pushed it out and just like, all right, I'm going to do this super slow and uh, they're going to have to deal with it because my body ain't working like it's supposed to at this point. Like I'm too tired. Well, and the thing is, is that my supervisor's like, I don't care. I don't want to be here either. (laughs) I love those. Because it, yeah, because she... You know, they made it mandatory for everyone, and she's just like, listen, guys, I, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't want to be here either. I hate that this is happening, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's because it's, it's also the last weekend of the month, so there's, like, super big push for, you know, numbers and all that yeah. jazz. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel that. Oh, feel that. Did you notice my name today? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I change my name every episode. Yeah. Peter Stoop. Stoopy. Stoop. Stooper. Do you know who that is? Um, does not ring a bell right now. Should be prevalent to your research. Oh, yeah. It's one of the stories. I don't think I talk about him in this, though. Uh, okay. I don't think so. We kind of go into where where these creatures come from and what they think caused it um, and stuff. Yeah, so Peter uh, Stube, Stube I, I don't know how to pronounce it anyways, was one of the first people that were tried and executed for being a werewolf. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to delve into the werewolf trials because they are so closely linked with the witch trials. So, That's so I fair. figured once we hit the witch trial That's point, fair. we would talk about both of them. Okay. I didn't really want to delve into that because they're so like intertwined. You can't really take one out and talk about it without the other type thing. Right. Yeah. It's like trying trying to take pasta sauce off pasta, you know, makes it a little complicated. You don't wash your dishes. <laughs> no. <laughs> PSA for all the gentlemen out there, and I guess some of the ladies. Uh, however you identify, if you have a noodle, it is very important to wash your noodle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I have not been awake for very long. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, anyways, <laughs> so before, I guess that, this is gonna oh, be a fun yeah. episode, sorry oh, guys, yeah. You're, you were... and the sad part is, I am 100% sober in every aspect <laughs> right now, I'm just, my brain is not fully functional yet, uh, because of exhaustion from work and all that fun stuff, and actually have to sleep in a little yeah. bit, and all that, yeah. So, what have you been reading? Because I totally forgot to uh, write all this down, so I'm going to have to look up everything I've been reading <laughs> slash listening to. Um, so, I, I'm currently reading... Um, let me pull it up on my library app. But I've, I've been finding that, since my grandma has passed, that reading books by funeral directors about like their funeral homes and like grief and stuff like that that um it helps to process everything um cause I've been reading All the Ways Our Dead Still Speak by Caleb Wilde Um, Basically, his family owns a funeral home. He's like the sixth generation funeral director. um, And he talks about all the spiritual encounters that he's had with grieving families over the years. Um, But also his internal struggle to kind of um, face generational trauma 
and things like that. Um, he talks about how he's like, I, I have, I had to be a funeral director. Like, that's what was expected of me was like, I can't let my family down and this is what I had to do. Um, but then he also talks about how it's natural, how natural it is to comfort the families and stuff like that. Um, so I'm about halfway through that, but I'm, I'm weirdly finding that books like that help with the whole grieving process of losing my grandma. Um, but I finished The Devil Colony by James Rollin. It's the seventh book in the Sigma Force series. The, these books are like 15 plus hours and it takes me like all week to finish them. <laughs> um, it, it, it goes on an interesting concept of this lost um, temple, um, like the King Solomon's temple, basically. Okay. Um, basically, the those followers came to the Americas way, 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 way before we colonized it. Um. And they commingled with the natives, Native Americans, and how they set up these underground temples that held nanotechnology. They, at the time, you know, thousands of years ago, managed to um, figure out nanotechnology. And these places are safe due to the geothermal heat. So like in the book, there's one in Yellowstone. And the problem is when the nanos get out, they literally kill everything. They deconstruct everything on a molecular level. Um, so it's like that weird, like everything starts to dissolve and stuff. But it's interesting to think about how King Solomon's Temple might be in the U.S. type thing. Okay. Because um, normally it's like the books are kind of like Christian based kind of. So to kind of go the um, like the Mormon route type thing um, was kind of interesting. And to hear about like nanotechnology and kind of how these primitive people kind of figured it out because um, like Meriwether Lewis is involved um, Thomas Jefferson because there's an undercurrent the purpose of the books is to find out who this group is called they have no name but a lot of people know them as the guild and Everywhere Sigma Force goes, the guild is there. Like, they're, like, one and one. Um, but you find out that the guild is in our government. They, we, we are, like, they're, they created us. They created the U.S. So they're, like, the Illuminati? Kind of, is what I'm getting. Or the Freemasons? Um, 
because like the whole thing with like Meriwether Lewis is Meriwether Lewis and Thomas Jefferson spoke in code about how to find these people and Meriwether leaves a code behind of like look at the photo the painting of the Declaration of Independence when it was the painting of like when they signed it you'll see five families that aren't they're represented in the painting but they didn't sign the actual document and you have to break the code with that and you find out that this one family can trace their roots back not only through America but like further back so they're part of this guild and you find out that it's the president <laughs> like it's like this weird like Illuminati type um Freemason Knights Templar because they use a lot of Knights Templar and Freemason signs intertwined mm -hmm. um but the whole purpose like the undercurrent like plot line is finding out who the guild is and like the last like the epilogue is the director of Sigma Force finds out the last name of the family and it's the last name of the president Sigma Force just sounds like a rejected <laughs> superhero team. They kind of are. They're like the outcasts of the armed forces, and then they send them to schools for different PhD programs, and then they all come back and they all solve all these mysteries. Like, um, Monk, the one, one of the main characters, um, he goes for forensic medicine even though he's, like, huge. Just a huge motherfucker. Um, uh, Kowalski. Kowalski's trained in explosives. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always feel like... Um, did you watch the Atlantis movie? Like, the Disney Atlantis movie? Okay. Yes. I constantly feel like I... And one of the most underrated Disney movies yes, of all time. Yes, but you know how the team was, like, really quirky and, like, they all had, like, their own little weird weirdness and they're kind of the outcasts? That's how I feel like Sigma Force is, is the team from Atlantis. That makes you know sense. What but what have, what have you been reading? What have you been listening to? So... <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Part of this, I actually was trying to like knock out some stuff on my audible that I've yet to read or listen to or whatever you want to yeah. call it. <laughs> and part of it, I had pre-ordered books. So I pre-ordered a book and I read the first book forever ago, but I reread it and then read the second one because the third one just came out. Uh, but so to start off with, um, I st so I'm like in the middle of like three different <laughs> series right now. Uh, but they're wildly different, so it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that, though. So the first one is... Yeah. So the first one is the first book in the Sentinel of Creation uh, series, which is A Power Renewed. Really good book. Uh, really entertaining. Uh, albeit there, of course, is a lot of, like, a lot of the Christian mythos that's plugged in there, but it works for the storyline, and it's not harping on you, like... You know, you have to believe in Jesus. You have to believe yeah. in this. You have to believe in this. Basically, uh, God and the devil made a deal, and they would both select people to be sentinels okay. of their, like, basically people to be their person on earth. Uh, the sentinel of creation is the one for God, and the sentinel of destruction is the one for Lucifer. 
and there's a there's a shit ton of nerdy references in it. Like you would enjoy it <laughs> because like he takes it, he, you know, he can make stuff, yeah. and he figures out that hey, he, as a sentinel of creation, he's like, hey, I can make stuff, and I can you know manipulate reality or whatever. And at one point, he's uh, he pulls out a sword, and this chick was like, isn't that sword a little too big? He goes, hold on, I got this. And he changed it to where it's Stinger. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, how do we know if there's monsters around? He goes, it'll glow blue. And she goes, does it only work for orcs? And he goes, nope, I upgraded it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it's just chock full of nerd references. Uh, at one point, he gets the shit beat out of him. And they're like, uh, they're like, oh, no, we got to get the shirt off of him so we can take it. We can stitch up his wounds and we can, you know, make sure he's... Uh, healed and uh, like this one chick said that and the other one other two go well we can't hurt the shirt we can't cut it off she's like why and he goes well you got this at dragon con <laughs> so it yeah you know, it takes place in atlanta a good bit of it takes place in atlanta but yeah that so, is fantastic and there's like there's doctor who references and all sorts of other stuff so it's it's really entertaining series is, uh, i'm gonna have to get the rest of the books that is amazing uh then I read the first three books, I think it was. Yeah, first three books of the Wizards of Fate series. Basically, it's a the book series takes place in a world where the different kingdoms are actually wizarddoms, so they're ran by wizards. Okay. And certain people are tired of the wizards because, like any other ruling class, wizards can be dicks. Yep. And these wizards can live several hundreds of years. So there's attempts to overthrow the wizards. Yeah. Uh, which I read that. I guess I'm in the middle of four <laughs> series because there's. I've got to do the rest of those. Uh, and then I read the first two of the uh, Kyphus Kane books, which is a. Uh, so I blame a friend of mine for this. So he recommended it to me because, you know, I am, I've always had interest in Warhammer, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of mythos and there's a lot of money to it. For those who don't know, Warhammer is a tabletop yes. game with a shit ton of minis yep. and people devote a lot of time, effort into it. Oh, yeah. A lot of money and such. Yep. So I'm just like, all right, while I enjoy painting minis, I've never... I don't have that kind of money to invest in buying that many minis and you know they have to be like certain colors and painted certain ways and all sorts of other stuff because of certain lore and stuff in the series but i'm like all right well i'm interested in the lore itself so he recommended me this book series and uh, so i got the first two done it was interesting and as i told him i hate the they call it the empire but it's like the one of the human groups and i'm like i hate these guys they're dicks and they're the main characters in the yeah. uh, series and he's like yeah it's meant to be satirical and i'm like okay that makes sense <laughs> then. uh <laughs> then the last series so i read i think it was actually probably when we first started this uh podcast yeah. a book called gideon the ninth which I affectionately referred to in three words as uh, lesbian space necromancy. Yes. Yep. 
Okay, so I reread that, and then I had the second book, which is Horror the Ninth, and then the third book just got released mm-hmm. on the 13th, so I read that as well. Uh, I'm still refer to it, referring to it as uh, Lesbian Space Necromancy, but really entertaining, really good book series. Highly, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and it's not smut. For any of our listeners that are not big fans of smut, it is not smut. There are, of course, slight sexual references from here or there. Uh, there's, you know, a scene where three people making out, but that's pretty much as far as it's gone thus okay. far. And it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, oh, it's it's a good series. It's a it's a nice fun series, uh, about tyranny and necromancy and raising dead people and dealing with oppression and revolution all that fun stuff it's it's a lot honestly out of all the book series i've ever read i would say this is probably in my top 10 for series that i think would make a decent television or film adaptation if they did it correctly if they did it correctly keywords that's why i said that that's why i added that part (laughs) in because you know uh yeah yeah so that's a total of i don't even know how many books four three four five six seven eight nine books (laughs) i barely finished one it's 15 hours my uh my goodreads challenge Mm -hmm. Is at 117%. Oh, yeah. I'm at 42 out of 52. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost there. I'm, I'm going to change my... I'm going to change my goal to 75. <laughs> that way it drops me down to 81%. And then we can see if I can beat there you that. Go. I mean, it is no October. It's basically October. So Yeah. So I've still got three, three more, more months. months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Yeah. I guess mainly the meat since we're talking about yeah. werewolves, lycanthropes. And yes. The raw, raw creatures. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this episode, we will be talking about werewolves. I'm going to say this first and foremost. This is going to be only about werewolves. Um, the Wendigo and creatures like the Wendigo. That is going to be a totally separate episode. Um, in my opinion, those are two totally different creatures, um, type thing. So that deserves a whole different episode on its own. Um, so by definition, a werewolf is a human with the ability to shapeshift into human form. That shapeshift um, can happen a lot of different ways, whether it's on purpose, like with the full moon, um, or being cursed, um, type thing, or like, think like a zombie bite. So like you get bit or scratched by them, you get infected, therefore you turn into a werewolf. Um, and the werewolf transformations tend to happen on the full moon. Um, many people think 
the the werewolf change and the werewolf in general symbolizes the good and evil that we face as humans, the internal struggle to fight primal urges and stuff like that. Um, and like we said before, um, I'm not going to really talk about the werewolf trials and the witch trial because the werewolf is so intertwined in the, um, witch trials, um, which happened in the late 15th century. And in some places it was happening until the 18th, um, century. Basically these people were accused of wolf riding and wolf charming, um, that's a lot of terminology I saw was not necessarily werewolf, but like wolfman, um, wolf skin, wolf coat type thing in my research. It wasn't necessarily werewolf, which I thought was interesting, but that's how a lot of the names in a lot of different languages translate is not werewolf. It's wolf something or man wolf something. Um, all I have to say is werewolf. They're wolf. They're castle. <laughs> what? Oh, I thought we were doing a thing. <laughs> Sorry, I, I every time I, I can't not quote young Frankenstein yeah. because I freaking love Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is a great human. Um he's in so many good movies. Um But um after sixteen fifty the belief in werewolves for the most part disappeared from um French speaking Europe. Um, they attributed it to reports of werewolves to a disorder of the brain. Um, so they kind of figured out that there was something wrong with these people and a lot of the people that were accused of being werewolves were just kind of institutionalized. Um, but you still see reports of like huge beasts but they don't call them werewolves. They're like the beast of something. Um, so that's why I found kind of weird. It's like, oh, well, there's something wrong with that person mentally. And that's all that we're going to do. We're just going to lock them up. Um, so we're going to get into all the type of lore, like or, um, origin lore. There's a lot depending on which culture you're from um, and your belief system. So I'm going to butcher a lot of names and I'm sorry. Um but a lot of places, the creation myth started with Zeus, um, with the legend of the Lycon. Um, in the legend, Lycon, he's a son of Pelicles. Um, he angers the god Zeus when he serves um, Zeus the entrails of this uh, human sacrifice. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more about why this is relevant the entrails and eating a human. Um, so as punishment, Zeus turns Lycon and all of his sons into wolves. Um, there's also an alternative ending that he doesn't turn them into wolves. He turns them, he hits them with a thunderbolt. Um, and then in Nordic folklore, there's a saga of the Volsuns. Um, and in a lot of the stories are like this. Um, it tells the story of a father and a son that discover wolf pellets. And when they put on the pellets, they transform into people or they transform into wolves for 10 days. Um, the father and son go on a killing rampage 
in the forest in the rampage ends when the father attacks the son, giving him a mortal wound. Um, the son only survives thanks to a raven that gives the father of a leaf with like super healing powers. Um, in Germanic pagan traditions, um, the werewolf has persisted the longest during the Scandinavian Viking Age. Um, so Herod the First of Norway was known to have the bo a body called the N. Ulfadar? U L F H E D N A R. Um, basically, they're a group of fighters that were similar to berserkers. They would dress in wolf hides rather than bear hides. Um, and they were reputed to be able to channel the spirit of the animals of the pelts to basically enhance their effectiveness during the battle. So they were known to have a higher pain tolerance um, and they had a high killer ratio um, because it was believed they could channel the wild animals. Um, they were closely associated with the god Odin. Um, there's a, and I think you have talked about this in another episode. There's a Irish and Scottish version of this with seal pellets. Yes. Um, the Southeast. Yep. Um, and that's a lot of the stories I found of like the origin stories was like something bad happened. They found this pellet, something bad happened and then they couldn't change back type thing. Um, so during the medieval period, it gave rise to the dual form of werewolf folklore. So on one hand, you had this Germanic werewolf that became associated with the witch panic. So they be slowly become intertwined um, because a lot of witches got charged with wolf riding and wolf charming. Um, and then you have this Slavic werewolf that is linked with a vampire of like blood drinking and you need blood to transform um type thing um you also have some people that use the claim of being a werewolf as the reason why they were killing people um in 1521 pierce bogrot and michael verdon um they were charged with murder when they confessed to them swearing allegiance to the devil and the devil gave them ointment that would turn them into wolves. Um, and then they went on a killing spree and killed a lot of children. Um, they were good old Satan giving out. Ointment. I know that's another one I found that like you would be transformed into a werewolf by like slathering your body in this weird ointment. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's how I plan on turning into a werewolf is slathering my body with weird ointment. <laughs> I don't know about our listeners, but... Uh, like, you just meet this weird hippie old man in the woods that gives you this weird ointment and go, here you go, you're going to transform. Like, what the hell? Yeah, man. Like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Slather me up. <laughs> Slather me up, wolf daddy. <laughs> um. Anyway, they were found guilty and they were burned at the stake. Um. There's also tales from... Penny the Elder, where he mentions um, Arcadia, um, where once a year a man is chosen um, by lot from the Athluis clan 
Um, he's then escorted into the march where he hangs his clothes on an oak tree. He swims across the march marsh and joins a pack of wolf for nine years. If after nine years he is refrained from eating human flesh, and that's a big like undercurrent that we'll get into later, um, of not eating a human. If you ate a human, you stayed a werewolf. You didn't come back. Um, but if you refrain from eating human flesh for nine years, he could swim back across the marsh, recover his clothes, and return to the village. And then he had nine years added onto his life. Um, there's also there was also a lot of stories about the men from Arcadia that would just roam the woods in a wolf form. Um, werewolves were also put into medieval law codes. Um, there was a king, Knut. Um, and he put into the law codes to basically ensure that they didn't bite anyone. Um, it, yeah. The madly... It's okay to be a werewolf. It's just illegal to bite people. It, no knobs, it, guys. No it knobs. says he could... Um, he wanted to ensure that the madly... Aduvius werewolf did not widely, um divesticate nor bite too many of the spiritual flock you could exist just don't convert people um there's also a rumor that Bajan the son of Simon the first of Bulgaria could use magic to transform himself into a wolf so I thought that was kind of interesting um and then there's an Armadian lore that there's a woman who was who was, um, she was found guilty of all these sins, and she was condemned to spend seven years of her life in wolf form. Um, so the condemned woman would be visited by a wolf-skin-toting spirit who would order her to wear the skin. Once she would put on the wolf skin, um, she would start to get the urges to eat human, um... And against her better judgment, she would eat her own children. She would then eat her relatives' children in, in a um, specific relationship order. So depending on who you were to her is how you how you got eaten. Um, and then she would start eating the children of strangers. She wandered only at night. Locked doors would open upon her approach. Um, and then when morning would arrive, she would change back into a human some stories say that it was voluntary. Some say it was involuntary. Um, so now we're going to get into what people thought was causing this. There's a lot of different things of what they think caused well, it. Well, it's the ointment. <laughs> it's the ointment. It's that weird magical mushroom ointment you found in the woods. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you eat the wrong mushrooms, I could see why you think you're yeah, a werewolf. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some people that they tried to link, like, certain things with certain medical conditions. Think, like, when they link tuberculosis with vampires. Um, so Dr. Lee Eilis of Guys London <laughs> wrote in a paper in 1963... Um, where 
he writes about what he thinks happening and he thinks that a lot of the victims are of a congenital for from p-r-o-p-h-r-y-a um basically it's a group of liver disorders and you become sensitive to sunlight and a whole bunch of other stuff um you have psychosis your teeth become red um a lot of the vampire or not vampire werewolf turning you said it's a liver yeah disorder? it's a whole bunch of liver disorders um basically like kind of grouped into one um huh just like how they would they figured out that like tuberculosis was linked to all the vampire rumors quote unquote yeah. figured out um some of these people think that they suffer from hypo hyper trigosis um basically it's a hereditary condition where it manifests itself in excessive hair growth all over the body think of beast from beauty and the beast um that is an actual like story of like a french woman falling in love with a man that does have this condition (laughs) and he's her cousin yes um if you ever read the original version of the story he is her cousin um but this is a I want to say it's like some nickname like the werewolf syndrome. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, that is correct. Um, and then they also thought that people with Down syndrome might be the origins of werewolf myths. Um, they also think this might come from people who contracted rabies um, because of how rabies is spread when you bite you have to bite somebody else. The animal has to bite you and then you get rabies. Just how like the werewolf has to bite you in order to turn you. Um, the telltale physical signs of someone might be a werewolf. Um, the meaning of both eyebrows at the bridge of the nose. So I'm assuming they meant a unibrow. Is what I'm thinking. I don't know. That's what I took away from that. Um, curved fingernails, low set ears, a swinging stride. Um, if you cut their skin, there would be fur underneath. Um, in Russia, they would have like bristles under their tongues. Um, they would have no tail when they changed. Um, and they would still have their human eyes and voices. Um, in a lot of books that I've read, fictional books, that is a true statement. Um, the werewolves, especially in um, the couple of series. Um, oh, I forget. Her name's like Megan something. Um, that the werewolves... And they have a pecking order. I was reading somewhere that like wolves don't really have a pecking order. Um... But, uh, yeah, in the books I've read that the werewolves obtain their voice and their human eyes. Um, and then by Swedish accounts, they would only run on three legs. Um, because the fact that they didn't have a tail, so they would use one of their back legs as a tail. Yeah. So they would run on only 
three legs and use one leg as a to act like a tail so that you wouldn't see because one of the signs was they wouldn't have a tail so they would use the back one of their back legs as a tail yeah I don't get that one either I mean I guess I don't I don't know I'm not trying to understand um me either um now we're going to talk about all the ways that you could transform into a werewolf um as in a lot of the origin stories um removing all of your clothes and putting a pelt on made of wolf skin rubbing a magic salve all over your body i thought this one was kind of interesting um, drinking the rainwater out of a footprint of said animal. Because that's gross. Um, and not disgusting. Um, <laughs> or drink from an enchanted stream. Um, 16th century Swedish writer something Magnus wrote about how the Vidian werewolves were initiated by drinking a special beer and they had to repeat a certain formula of like to get the transformation um in italy france and germany it was said if a man or woman wanted to turn into a werewolf they could on a certain wednesday or friday sleep outside on a summer night with the full moon shining directly onto their faces um in some cases they made an alliance with the devil and this is more so because they wanted to eat human flesh. I see a lot of cannibalism type origin myths. Um, In their defense, who doesn't want to eat human flesh? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I hear it's a sweet name. <laughs> it's like pork. Oh, I think I'm I was kidding, like, listeners. I think it's funny that. Or am I? Right? Freaking Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, I have not watched that on Netflix. That's why I think it's funny that we're talking about this. Um, and then there's also the origin story that the werewolves are witches familiars. Um, so it's a wolf familiar that takes on the magical components of the witch. Of the... Everyone knows witches and werewolves don't get exactly. along. Like, come on, yep. guys. Um, Sorry, I'll stop. No, you're fine. I, I lost stop, my place in my notes. Uh, the commentary. I lost my place in my notes. Um, <laughs> some people saw it as the origin of the gods. The gods were punishing you for something like the legend of the Lycan and Zeus. Um, those were that were excommunicated from the Roman Catholic Church at the time were said to be werewolves. Um, there's a lesser known tale of Theus. He was an 80-year-old man who lived in um, Livonia in 1692. Um, he testified under oath that he and others were werewolves. Um, they were actually the hounds of God. He claimed that they were warriors that descended into hell to battle witches and demons. Their efforts would ensure that the devil and his evil minions did not carry off with the grain from the local failed crops down to hell so the field crops would descend down into hell and they would go down to fight the demons to bring it back um he insisted 
that when a werewolf dies, their soul would be welcomed into heaven um, as a reward for their service to God. Um, weirdly enough, he was sentenced to ten lashings for this spiritual belief. Um, in Hungarian folklore, it is thought that werewolves have the ability to change since infancy after suffering the abuse by a parent or by a curse that's been laid upon them from infancy. Um, at the age of seven, the child would leave the house at night going on hunts in the forest, changing at will. Um, the curse could also be um, obtained in adulthood by passing three times through an arch made of birch with the help of wild rose spine. Um, a lot of these changes happened during the full moon that happens during the winter solstice. Now, does it ever explain why birch? No. Okay. No. Abstained. Um, it was also believed that a child born with hair, a birthmark, or a call over its head was um, supposed to possess shape-shifting abilities. I also heard in a lot of different other myths that if you're born with a call over your head, you were just going to have some form of supernatural psychic abilities. A what over your head? Like your um, placenta or something like that. Oh. I don't know about that, but I know I was born with both a birthmark and with a full head of hair. Um, it was... Going back to eating people. <laughs> just <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> As I give a weird look to yeah. the camera. <laughs> um, it was believed that they could turn into any animal, these children, um, and they could shapeshift at will. Um, many believed that people thought they could cure this. Um, in ancient Greece, they believed that the power of exhaustion could cure people. Um, they would take the victim and suge subject them to long periods of physical activity. Um, in Europe, it is thought that you could cure them medically by using wolfbane, um, surgically, or by exercise using an exorcism. Um, but just like anything else, a lot of those methods proved to be fatal. Um, this one's a little confusing. Um, another belief was that you could cure a werewolf by striking it in the forehead or scalp with a knife. Now, I don't know if that's like, like sharp side to the head, flat side to the head. Like you're just kind of doing like a boop. I'm not real sure about that one. Um, another cure was that you could pierce their hands with nails, um, you could address it by its Christian name three times, try to get it to convert to Christianity. Um, so we're going to talk about how, in some cultures, they're linked to vampires and zombies. Zombies, yep. really? Um, in Greece, it is believed that the cor corpses of werewolves, if not um, completely destroyed, would return to life as either a wolf or a hyena. And they would prowl the battlefield looking for wounded soldiers to drink their blood. So that's where the whole um, thing about burning their body comes from. And completely like destroying their body by fire. Um, in Germany, Poland, and northern France, it is once believed that people would, who died in mortal sin would come back to life as blood-drinking wolves. They would return to their human corpses at daylight. In order for these wolves to be killed, they would have to be um, decapitated with a spade. 
and exorcised by a local priest. The head would then be thrown into a stream. Um, this was also the same method they used for vampires at the time. Um, and now we're going to talk about how to kill a vampire. So everyone knows that you kill, or not a vampire, kill a werewolf. Um, I'm so tired. Um, everyone knows that you kill a werewolf with a silver, silver bullet. Um, so where exactly does this lore come from? Some authors think the idea came from the beast of Gavudon, um, which is about a man-eating animal that is killed by the hunter Jean Castell in 1767. Um, there are allegations that this was kind of distorted by very weird detail, um, based on a piece written by Harry Perrot in 1946. He writes in his novel that he imagined the beast being shot from, um, fictitious medals of a Virgin Mary pendant that Jean Castell wore during the story. Um, basically he took the medals, uh, um, off of his hat and med, um, melted melted them down into a bullet. Um, in 1936, there was an account of werebears that were killed by silver bullets. Um, but basically in Swedish folklore, silver bullets are like the go-to for everything. If you want to kill it, you shoot it with a silver bullet. Um, but in order for that to be effective, you need to like shoot it through the heart or like do a kill shot right in the brain. Um, now. Well, if I'm not mistaken. What? You can shoot anything in the heart or in the brain and it'll pretty much kill yep. it. Like, I could be wrong, but I think that's a mortal wound regardless Whether of it's silver or not. Who's doing um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, now can you actually kill something with a silver bullet? Um, there's actually a Mythbusters episode where they compare shooting something with a lead bullet versus silver bullet um, type thing. So they just found that the silver bullets, yes, it will kill something, but it is a lot less accurate when it comes to actually hitting something. And it doesn't um, penetrate the person. So it, it the yes, you could shoot them, but it's not going to go very deep. You're not going to get like that through and through shot that you need to kill something. Um, and then the other way is to obviously decapitate them or just sever the spinal cord in general to kill them. This, that is, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got on so where we get the origins of werewolves. How you can become one, how to cure it, and how to kill one if you ever come across them. So I'm going to go out into the woods and find some random <laughs> possible devil guy and ask him for some ointment. Yep. Uh, so I'll let you guys know how that works next episode. <laughs> That's the one thing I found is like a lot of the major origin stories were happening during the witch trials. Like, besides, like, the pelts of, um, like, 
in Nordic traditions and stuff like that in Scandinavia with the whole putting the pelt on and you transform. But a lot of the origin stories come from the witch trials. So take that with a grain of salt. Not sure how much of that is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every single bit of it. All 100% All it. factual. All of it. Yeah, because we'll talk about the trials. If you truly believe, <laughs> if you truly believe in your heart of hearts, that it's real, then it's real. Yep. Oh, sorry, I have a kitten climbing on my lap. So, our next two episodes that we're going to have are actually going to be some crossover episodes, I believe. Isn't it two? Uh, I think it's one for us and one for him. So, um, we are crossovering with a podcast um, that does stuff about the British royal family. So, we're going to talk about some British occultists and some curses and stuff like that um, in the next two episodes. One for him and one for us. That'll be our next two. So look yeah. out for that. And then we'll do something special for Spooky for the, the next episode of Halloween. Good girl. I love you, but... Yes. Yes, we will. Yeah. 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 Um, I did post on YouTube, I did an unboxing video of the Mindful Souls box and the bookish box that I have. I've, I've received the bookish box for a while. At least like eight years. Um, Nerd. Well, for a long time it was, so <laughs> they had a, a young adult box. That's the only box that they had. And then they just had the t-shirt to the box. So I would just get the t-shirt. I didn't want all the other stuff. I just legit just wanted the t-shirt. Um, but they came out with an adult box. In order to get the t-shirt, you have to get the whole box. <laughs> so, because I, I didn't want young adult stuff. I, I don't really read, like, romance young adult. I don't. That's not my style. Um, but I call their books, um, my coffee beans when you need a breather from all the other stuff. Um, because a lot of the John, a lot of the books I read are kind of repetitive. It's a lot of the same plot lines and stuff. So to kind of get a breather, I'll read one of those every once in a while. Well, when you have that though, like in genres, a lot of times you'll have similar themes yeah. and. That's why I read a lot of weird Frenchy yeah. things because otherwise you're gonna have to. Yeah, it. well, that's why I'll go. Like I, I love, huh. I love urban fantasy, but a popular plot or popular thing in urban fantasy, especially for, you know, unless you're going young adult, urban fantasy is, hey, it's a middle aged guy who owns a magic shop who's involved in the mm -hmm. magic community, and it's like, okay, well, that's great, yep. guys. Let's come up yeah. and you know hit. His love interest is always either his pupil or his or a cop or mm -hmm. both. Yeah, that's what's like. I normally don't read romance, and, but it's a nice like breather every once in a while. Yeah, but yeah, I just posted that onto YouTube. Um, I will be posting the normal podcast episodes with a lot more photos 
over there. Yeah. So join us on Facebook. Join us on Instagram. We do post witchy tips and stuff like that throughout the week. Um, we ask what you guys are reading. Um, if you want to tell us anything, if you want to share your weird spiritual story, you had a weird trip, um, stuff like that, or if you have a book recommendation, you can email us at thewaywarddragons at gmail.com. Um, I do post on Facebook and Instagram. Not so much Twitter. I haven't really figured out Twitter. Um, but don't forget, to, I, I don't understand Twitter. It's so weird. I can't. I don't understand. That's. Hey, guys, if you want to help Kelsey <laughs> figure out Twitter, send us an email. Or tweet us. Yeah. We won't be able nope, to read it. I don't know how to respond. <laughs> um, I have it. I don't know how to use it, though. Um, but yeah, don't forget to tell a friend. Rate, view, and subscribe. We're trying to grow our audience. Tell everybody. Tell everybody. Yeah. I'll keep posting pictures of my cute little kitten. My little demon of terror, wherever she's at. She's found that she likes Damon's. She likes to chew cords. She's been like chewing my headphones cord. That's annoying. Yeah. 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 But yeah, until next time. I'm Johnny. <laughs> and I'm Kelsey. Question mark. <laughs> now time to go turn to a werewolf and find out what human flesh tastes yes. like. Yes. That's a lot of undercurrent I saw. Bye. <laughs> <All> right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs>